Man, free conference call is acting really goofy tonight. Hopefully this thing records. Um, it says that it's on now, so we're going to get going. Uh, welcome, everybody. We are at January 8th. Welcome to 2015. Happy New Year to uh, to you, Jason. This is our very first call of the year. Uh, didn't have a call last weekend because it fell so close to the first, and a lot of people I know were traveling, so we thought we would kick it off uh, here on the 8th. Uh, a lot of things happening. Um, a lot of you guys probably heard a number of the announcements on the surge and Carl's call last night um, from everything to the 2016 Success Club trip to the uh, the big announcement last night in regards to um, streaming, which you guys are going to hear a lot more about um, in the very near uh, coming days here with Super Saturday. So hopefully you guys are going to get to a Super Saturday. I've already watched the video. I don't know if you've done that, Jason, but there's going to be a ton of information divulged about uh, some really exciting things happening in 2016. But first, um, just uh, the big announcement that was made on um, the surge on Monday night was the 2016 Success Club trip. Uh, there was a couple announcements made, but that was the big one. Um, for those of you who are um, with us on our Success Club trips and planning on it, uh, Beachbody is going back to the water. We will be having our Success Club uh, club cruise, or the SS Beachbody, as they so affectionately refer to it. Um, but this year, it's going to be a little bit uh, bigger and even better than the last uh, couple cruises we've taken now, Jason, you remember uh, a few years ago when we were on Oasis, right? right? I do. I was there, yeah. Yeah. You, you and I had some, some pretty cool video they shot of us just hanging out in the hot tubs having fun. That was probably the biggest, the biggest, if not the biggest cruise ship at the time in the world. You remember how big that thing was? Right. I think it's still the biggest, I thought. John Hayes uh, was telling me that it's not anymore, but it might be. I think it's got a sister ship, so they're both like the biggest, the Allure of the Seas and Oasis. Um, but we're going back on that ship, um, regardless. That's the point. We're going back on Oasis of the Seas, um, one of the two biggest cruise ships in the world. And unlike last time, where Beachbody couldn't um, carry the whole, um, you know, the whole ship with just Beachbody coaches, uh, it was kind of split. If you remember, Jason, it was like half Beachbody people and half just regular sailing. Uh, this time we have taken over the whole ship. So all like 6,700, uh, 6,700 I think is just the, the capacity of the, the, the patrons, not the crew. It's all going to be just Beachbody people this time. So imagine that cruise a few years ago, but this time all Beachbody. So it's going to be a large, large group of Beachbody coaches along with some of your favorite trainers. Um, they're doing it a little bit different, too, in the sense that um, they're not uh, necessarily going to be prioritizing the wait list if you don't get in um, on, you know, the open registration, which starts, I want to say it starts on Monday for everybody, if I, if I remember right. I know that this Friday. It opens up to the 2014 Elite Coaches, and then on Saturday it opens up to the 2014 Premier and Five Star and Above Coaches, Jason. And then I think Monday it opens up to everybody else, if I'm correct. Um, but if you don't get into the registration, the wait list is going to be a little bit different this time. They are going to not prioritize it by the amount of Success Club points that you get. 
but instead they're going to prioritize the list by when you were put on the list, which is cool. But in order to register when your number is called, you have to have made Success Club in the prior month. And I think that's a great, great, great uh, compromise from still having people um, you know, get Success Club points, but also not penalizing you for you know, not having uh, 75 or 80 points in a month where somebody new can come in and get that and you go down on the list. Do you agree, Jason? Yeah, I mean, they're just uh, reinforcing the fact that everybody needs to be doing Success Club and if you're not doing it, then you don't have the option to register. So that works good to me. And but you know, you don't have to have a thousand points to get on the list. It's just five points in one month. And you know, while we're doing that, we're, we're not always doing recognition. But uh, one of my new coaches, uh, Steve Downer, just got his first month at Success Club Five, and you know, it wasn't too long. But Jeff, you and I did the first month, and now it's four years and nine months later, and I haven't missed. So that first month is really critical. And this is a great way to encourage people to get that first month. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the at the risk of being unpopular, I'm going to say that I don't think anybody should be on these success club trips without um, earning success club points. That's just how I felt. I was very strong when I talked about that at one of our cab meetings. Um, and the reality of it is, the last couple of years, we've had people who just bought in their way into the trips. And I just think it's the wrong thing. And so, you know, this was the new compromise that, they're not going to penalize you by making you have thousands of points, like Jason just said, but you do have to make Success Club in the previous month to get off that wait list. And also for the people that register, not even talking about the wait list, but the people that get on the original registration list, you don't have at least 10 Success Club points um, before that first payment comes out, I believe, in April. You don't have at least 10 points, you're going to lose your spot, but... but um, your spot, and they're going to refund the registration fee. So you have to have at least 10 points and also to, to be able to go on that, that trip. So it's, it's, um, it's great. I think they're doing the, great, the right thing. So that's a success club trip. Just keep an eye on those windows. Um, again, it opens, I think, to everybody on Monday. They're going to talk about that in the Super Saturday video. And then there's a couple windows on Friday and Saturday for the elite premier and five-star and above coaches. So I can rest assured I'll be registering. Um, what else, Jason, what came across from you from the surge that was, uh, was pretty cool stuff? I know that... Um, you know, Carl uh, talked a little bit about not only the, the Success Club trip and, you know, he, he had a really cool graphic that talked about, you know, these awesome professions, um, you know, giving professions that are in the United States with nurses being the number one, um, you know, occupation that really gives back and how he wanted to have Beachbody coach as one of those giving back professions. And I really loved that graphic. And for those that haven't seen it, it's floating around, and you can message me, and I'll send you it. But it was a really neat graphic that was shared on the surge. Did you see that, Jason? No, I didn't um, see the video of the surge. I was just listening. Yep. So there's a there's a graphic out there. I'll find if I can find it while we're talking to some of our speakers and Jason. I'll post it in our event page for you to see. But it was a really neat graphic that kind of gave you an idea of what the most popular occupations are from a giving perspective, like police officers and teachers and nurses, and how he envisioned in the very near future one of his tasks was he wanted to see Beachbody Coach put up there because we're, you know, we're getting close to, much closer than we were a few years ago. We're getting close to half a million coaches, you know. We're, I think we're approaching in on 300,000, so that would be a neat thing to see in time here. Um, uh, other announcements, uh, the... 
the T25, or not T25, but the Insanity Max 30 Challenge Pack was extended for the month of January to go along with the Insanity Max 30 Kickstart Pack that comes with a three-day refresh as well. Um, you know, that, that's out there for, for everybody for the month of January to shoot for. What other challenge packs, Jason, was out there for January? 21-day fix. 21-day fix, and that's just a great segue. I asked him that because I knew he was going to come back with 21-day fix because you're going to see quite a bit about that uh, discussed in Super Saturday because, as you know, that's the next major project launch. Uh, coming out February here, we got the 21-day fix to go along with the same time last year, and unlike last year, I don't think we're going to have any issues with uh, – with product and demand and being able to keep with it. We all remember what happened last February, just a, a rare problem that we have, but you know, obviously one that was driven because of the uh, the, the portion-controlled part, yep, uh, the, the plastic that comes with it, and they've uh, forecasted a lot more for this one. And the 21-Day Fix Extreme coming out in February. Um, another big announcement, which you're gonna see more talked about, I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail, because we were kind of asked not to, but it was talked about on Carl's call last night, this whole idea of video streaming. Um, Beachbody's coming up into the, the current um, demand with video streaming, and you're going to see a lot of our workouts being streamed, and you're going to see a lot more about that on Saturday. That's all I'm going to say about it. I want to divulge too much more at, at Carl and Jeff's request, but you're going to have to get to a Super Saturday to see the exciting thing that's coming out with video streaming. Did you see a little bit about that, Jason? Yeah, well, I was on the call again. I didn't, you know, watch it, but I listened to it, and uh, you know, like Jeff said, the reason that they have a call for us is so we can anticipate some of the answers, but not necessarily divulge it all out. So um, that's one of the reasons you want to get to the Super Saturday, and so you can get your information in and about this new uh, platform, you know, before the other coaches and. You know, I've noticed lately on the web, the one that talks about the first is the one that's going to get the majority of these sales. And so that's a great reason to get out to your local Super Saturday. Absolutely. Super Saturdays are going to be all over the place. Heck, I've seen some of them are going to be Friday night. Some of them are going to be Sundays. So get on the uh, Coach Online office and pull up the list by state. And there's even a map out there that shows you where they're all at. And get to a Super Saturday. Do not miss the great information that's going to be divulged this weekend. Um, last little mini announcement, and then we're going to kind of get, get rocking and rolling here. Uh, three-day refresh is now going to be made available to the, the wonderful uh, country just to the uh, north of us, Jason. It's going to be available in Canada. Uh, they say probably sometime in the early spring is what uh, was talked about on the, the surge. That was the other big announcement from Carl. So look for the three-day refresh to be available to you in Canada. What I would be doing now for you who have Canadian coaches um, and Canadian customers, I would be getting that word out there. Three-day refresh is coming. We've been approved finally, and they're just setting up the date, so that's going to be out there too. So three-day refresh, Connect Canada, um, coming very soon. Any other major announcements or recognition you want to give a shout-out to, Jason, before we uh, talk to our first speaker, Lori uh, Werner, in, in Um, yeah, n not a lot, just, um, a lot of people wouldn't think it's a big deal to not have a refresh up there, but, you know, I've got a number of Canadian coaches and, you know, one of them just recently, hey, new year, I want to get into it, I want to try this refresh thing, but I go and I log in, it's not there, so it's really good that Beachbody's taking care of that, and, um, 
I mean, if we listed all the um, rank advancements in the downline, you know, I just logged in the office today, and I'm see that uh, the Fit Union is, is 38,000 members strong, and I know at the end of the year when everybody's going for elite, there was a lot of five-star diamond promotions, which means there's a lot of diamond promotions, which means there's a lot of emerald promotions. So, I mean, I just want to kind of give a general shout-out to the entire team for pushing it forward and getting those elite goals. And, you know, the one thing I like about the new year is that it's a new slate, and, uh, you know, especially if you're trying for something like elite, premier, um, and just, you know, success club vibe for the whole year so you get to go one of these trips for free. You know, your business now is an equal playing field with, you know, the topest of the top coaches. And really what you do this month in particular sets the pace for the whole year. And especially when it comes to elite points, like you get five new coaches this month that get their success club five and you're on track to be elite for the rest of the year um, when it comes in terms of sponsorship. So just want everybody, you know, Take a breath, uh, settle in after Christmas and New Year and say, you know, now is the time to get down to the grindstone. The most people are looking for fitness and business opportunities because after the holidays, there's always, always um, financial debt and there's already, always um, some extra weight. So it's the perfect the time of year to get going. That's why this first Super Saturday is really smart and a good thing to get out to. And now that people are hot and heavy for both business and fitness success, it's a great time to make your year start off right and then shoot for some of these big goals that we can get um, come December next year. And Jason's going to talk a little bit more about, you know, some goal setting and some things to shoot for here in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about Coach Karma. Uh, we're going to talk about your business. And, you know, your business is exactly where it should be right now. We're going to talk more about that here in a second. But, Jason, there is one more announcement that I, I wanted to give you um, a word on here um, just because I'm in the cab. You and I talked about it a little bit earlier before we talked with Lori. Um, they, as you know, the cab has uh, rotated four members out, and they've rotated a new four members in. And I, I'm, you know, I'm blessed and and uh, and happy to be able to serve on this eight-person cab. Uh, Jason, we have another team member who's kind of, well, somebody within our family who's serving on the cab. You want to mention who that is? Yeah. Um. So a part of the FIT Union and, and one of the biggest, most dynamic coaches in the last year, uh, not not really in the top ten yet, but, you know, I had one of the biggest super side of the year last year, got Carl Dykler out to it. And there's another one of these markets that when you talk to Carl, they had kind of given up on. And you know what? I, I want to mention this person's name, but also no matter where you're at, if there isn't a superstar in your city, you know, that's that's – that's the universe asking for you to step up and take charge. Because I've seen it out here in Miami with uh, Becky Brissett and Team Diesel, Kristen Zagata, that whole team. And then now out here in New York with um, with with uh, yeah, Sahio Monte. And I was trying to think of her sponsor's name, too, which is eluding me. But they're really just tearing it up out there in New York. And again, like, I've been out to that New York area before when we were um, making everything happen out there with the turkey trots and stuff. And it was just, it's a hard area to get going because of the diverse population and the fact that nobody has cars and, and wants to travel. But, um, you know, because of that, the the team camaraderie that they built, you know, they had a thousand people at a Super Saturday. They had Kyle come out there and, you know, down the tuck. So, 
just a big shout out to Sadio Monte and that whole group, which is, you know, Team Eagle, um, is just really doing a great job out there in New York. Yep. So congrats, Saudi, for uh, joining me on the cab and the other three new members for 2015 and 2016. Uh, we got Melanie Mitro, the top coach, uh, Miguel Carrasco, and Amy Silverman will be serving alongside myself, Melissa McAllister, um, uh, Tracy Morrow, and I'm forgetting one more name <laughs> on our eight-person cab. Just a really exciting time to be part of the cab. Oh, Lindsay Matway, uh, last year's top coach. So the eight of us will converge here in Utah next month and start to set some, some more things. So awesome. Congrats, Saudi, and look forward to serving with you. Okay, gang, um, the first topic I wanted to get to, uh, I had a really great conversation with one of our up-and-coming stars, uh, part of Extreme Team, Lori Werner, yesterday about this. And I had been quite a, quite a bit posted on this topic um, in some other th- groups that I'm a member of and actually had some discussions on this with some coaches. Going back to as far as Summit last year, and, you know, it's, it's something that we don't think about when we – are following some of the top coaches in the network. And I'm not, this call isn't to mention names. This call isn't to say anybody's doing anything wrong. This is just a philosophy that's out there that's pretty, um, pretty scary when we think about it and how much information we're really giving away. And I say information, I'm talking about some of the hard prospects you guys work with, some of the people that you, um, you know, work with through social media, you find them on Facebook, you find them through Instagram, you connect with them more on Facebook. But when sometimes you're following some of the top coaches out there, and we all know who they are, and I'm going to ask that Lori doesn't necessarily give names out per se. We can give some examples of some top coaches' pages, maybe by their their page names. But, you know, I don't really want that. You guys know that I'm not about bashing other coaches or practices, you know, I have my philosophies on things, but this call is just to educate you guys on something that I think is very important. I'm not going to steal the thunder because I want, Lori basically explained it so eloquently. I want her to take the mic over for a second and just explain this whole concept of how liking other top coaches' pages can not be everything that you think it's going to be. Lori, are you out there? Yeah, I'm here. So, thanks for giving me the chance to talk about this. This is something that, um, I actually kind of uncovered this last week and had an aha moment. Um, What I've been doing over the last six months or so, really since Summit, is trying to build my friend list and trying to, you know, get up to eventually those 5,000 friends so that I have um, a, a bigger audience of people versus what I started when I, you know, started as a Beachbody coach. So we all are doing that. We're all trying to get our stuff seen in the news feed. And as you evolve, you may decide that you're going to uh, build your own like page. So this is something that I've done in the last just two or three months. And I started to utilize Facebook ads to help grow my fan base on my like page. So in doing so, I've kind of learned a bit about these Facebook ads and how to make them work for me. But in doing so, I've also figured out how it could actually, some of these things could actually work against me. So if any of you guys are on the computer now and you go to the event page for this call, I posted a um, screenshot of my like page and how I set up a boosted post. 
Um, so if you're just on the phone listening, I'll try my best to, to explain it, and then you can go back and kind of take a look at the screenshot, and it'll make a little bit more sense to you. Um, so, for example, if I want to boost one of my posts so that I get more people to like it, one of the things that I can choose is to boost the post to people that like my page and all of their friends. So, for example, if Jeffrey likes my page, my ad or my boosted post is going to show up in his friend's newsfeed. So this has been cool for me because I've been able to grow my like page. But thinking about it, as I've been a Beachbody coach, I've also been trying to mimic what other really successful Beachbody coaches have been doing. So I've been liking everybody else's page. So, for example, let's say the top ten coaches that they just announced on the uh, surge this last week, I had gone to every one of their pages, their like pages, and quote-unquote liked them. Well, what happens when you do that is if that coach runs an ad, they are going to have access to every one of my friends that I've worked hard to build up on my friend list. Their ad, say for their challenge group that they have coming up, is going to show up in my friend's so I don't think that it's necessarily intentional. Um, I think the intention, you know, even when I've done these ads, my intention is just to grow my fan base. But I think that it can, unfortunately for us, uh, you know, we don't have, you know, 5,000 friends yet. We don't have 30,000 people on our like page yet. So if we are opening our friends list up to other coaches marketing to them, it can actually kind of work against us. So I think it's great to follow these coaches. I think it's great to go on their pages and see what it is that they're doing. But I would caution you not to actually click the like button on their page because in doing so, it can open your friends list up to marketing of, you know, other Beachbody challenges, I mean, and really, if you think about it, let's say you have a friend that sells uh, 31 products. They could actually target your friends list that your friends list is going to now be filled with 31 ads as well. Or, you know, you had a friend that five years before you joined Beachbody was selling, you know, some other kind of shake, and you don't even remember that you liked their page. Well, they technically could target your friend list if you are a fan of their page. So hopefully I can explain that where everybody can understand it, but I think it's just something that we all need to be aware of and just and just be cautious about it so that we're not kind of going backwards and when our intention is to grow our fan list and grow our challenge groups. Oh, Laura, you explained it perfectly. <clears throat> you guys, in a nutshell, you know, by by liking all the top coaches' pages, you're 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 opening up your friends list. Is really what it comes down to, to your friends being exposed to their ads, and vice versa. Obviously, it goes the other way. But if your new friends, the people that you work hard to connect with, the people that you found on Instagram and Facebook, are all of a sudden being exposed to a coach with thirty, forty thousand likes, like Gloria said. Sometimes that could steer them away from you. 
So, and like Lori said, you can always follow some of these top coaches' pages, you know, rather than having to click that like. You can always just make a, 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 a bookmark page of some of the top coaches and go visit their page and see what they're doing versus having to like them. So it's just some words of advice that would really help you guys um, not feel that your list is being invaded. And it brings me to a topic that Lori and I also talked about very briefly yesterday, and Jason and I talked about briefly today, the idea of the the honesty factor when it comes to being a coach and what I call well, to just, you. Go just, ahead. Just before, before I think you go on, I just want to touch upon, you know, what Lori's in there. Um, yep. For for whatever smart or dumb reason, um, I, I I kind of understood this like early in my career, is that when you know you get all these like requests or like my page from other coaches, and then you know especially if they they had a store or something on their like page, I'm like, well why would I want to contribute to their likes, so that you know they're going to get more power and influence on Facebook, so. I don't know. In, intuitively, I kind of stopped doing it early. Now, I think we're all tempted to still do it for some of the trainers and stuff, and, and even some of the trainers, you know, um, have backings with other coaches. So you just want to be careful when you do that. Um, and then the other thing that I've noticed, too, well, before I go into that, is that same principle can work for you. So although I wouldn't say go out there and like every other coach's page, you should be liking the pages of the coaches on your team that you want to do good. Um, right. You know, so if, if Jeff and I can contribute to somebody else's popularity through our fan base and our fan list, by all means, like, you know, send us the request. And, and it is important, I think, that you like the people that you want to do good and, and give them more momentum. Um, at the same time, a different idea that I've done is on my Facebook page, um, I've I've included like my PS coaches, you know, basically my diamonds. I always include as family, so that gives them even more notoriety. If somebody clicks on your fan page, it says family. They can look through there and then see whatever you know those individual coaches are posting. And then one more thing I've noticed, and especially as we've seen some distributors leave and go to other companies, is that I think it's important to hide your friend list, you know, because if I'm targeting other Beachbody people. You know, I could go look through some other top coaches' page, check their friends list, you know, and kind of see if see which ones aren't already mutual friends and which ones um, are doing a, a Beachbody product, and then I could go in and, and target and solicit them. And I think that kind of leads right into the the next topic you're going to talk about. But I I guess we're just talking about um, Facebook friend and like and and follow um, <clears throat> etiquette. And I guess like Lori said. I'm, I just kind of didn't hear that directly. You know, there's nothing wrong with you going and following one of these people or following, you know, all the coaches in the top ten list. But just be careful, you know, which ones you friend and which ones you like as to learn from them but not be contributing to their momentum. Exactly. And, Lori, if you remember, we did talk a little bit yesterday about, you know, liking your own team pages for your own coaches and your own family, which can be a benefit and you had a good example, Lori, of somebody within your team who actually, if I if I remember right, ended up asking you about your your uh, your challenge group when it was one of your downlines, but you were able to save that, correct? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a great point. You know, you definitely want to help your downline coaches and like them, and you know, 
you know, forward and share on your wall great things that they're doing, you know, their challenges and things like that. But, um, you know, we just, and also I think it just, when we're, when when you like a coach's page that's not within your organization, it also causes confusion because I never want someone to think that I'm stealing their customer. But it could look that way if all of a sudden, you know, they're coming to you, oh, I want to join your challenge group. And so you just want to make sure that you always ask if they're already working with someone and then see if you have any mutual friends with that person. You know, go on our upline page and check if there's somebody that, you know, you might have in common because we just don't want to step on each other's toes. And then it just it looks bad to the customer, too, if we're, like, fighting over the person. Yep, and Lori brings up the whole topic that um, I was just getting into was coach karma. And I'm going to ask Jason to give his take on this, too, because he and I talked about it intently, and anything, Lori, you want to offer is welcomed. I know you said you had to get off here um, at the top of the hour, so you're more than welcome to, to weigh in on it, but we appreciate your feedback. But, guys, this Coach Karma thing is something that is real. And, unfortunately, serving on the cab and, and, and being around for quite a long time, and Jason has too, we've seen uh, a lot of in the net in the network because of coaches who don't necessarily have that, um, you know, what Lori put, you know, just put out there doesn't necessarily have the ability or, or going to ask that person if they're working with another coach. We should always, always be asking somebody that we don't necessarily know very well when they come to you and ask you, hey, I saw your post about this and that in Beachbody, or hey, tell me more about the coaching thing, or tell me more about this T25. Anybody that doesn't come to you that you don't know that you've built because of your post, because of your hard work, because of the efforts you put in to build your business and you have people coming to you, you should always be asking them, hey, do you have a coach? Are you working with somebody already? That's good coach karma. That's a good coach karma. That's going to come back and, and, and give you good blessings down the road. Now, you know, we live in a world where not every coach is, is doing that. And we, some of us may have been bitten in the butt by that. Heck, some of the coaches that we just told you about not liking some of the top coaches do things that aren't always great. However, that's not neither here nor there. That's not things that we're going to solve, and that's not things that we can concern ourselves with. All we can concern ourselves with for how we carry ourselves, okay, how we carry ourselves. We shouldn't be telling, you know, our downline team to do this and that when we know is wrong, just like you shouldn't be necessarily taking another person's customer um, even if you're doing it unknowingly, you shouldn't be doing it because you always have the ability to ask them when they, when they come to you, are you working with another coach? It's a very simple question. Are you working with somebody? When they say no, you're more than welcome to move forward. When they say, yeah, I, did, I was working with this person, good karma, you refer them back to their coach. That's how things should be. Anything you want to add to that, Jason? Yeah, um, I think, <clears throat> okay, well, first of all, I I have to admit that seven years in this business, you know, especially when we started, like there wasn't the same level of competition that we have now on day one. You know, there's maybe 2,000 coaches in the world. (laughs) So we wouldn't even necessarily ask that kind of question. And in doing so, like I've I've hurt some friendships and, you know, offended some people. So I'll be the first to say that I've, I've, 
um, been victim of this just as much as I've caused this problem. So I think I'm uh, I'm uniquely qualified to talk about it. Um, and and like I say, it 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 always works out. And you know the reason that we don't allow coaches to switch, you know, every week, and we make these rules that you have to sit out for six months. Is, if if that was the case, like whoever is the hottest coach of of the week, everybody would want to kind of switch and join their team, you know. So if somebody gets in good shape, or somebody wins an award, or somebody's, you know, doing some unique prospecting tool, everybody would flow over, you know, the momentum would go wherever the the hot person of the week was, and and that's one of the main reasons that why once you pick a person that you work with, and so one of the things that I tell people is that. When you're considering to become a coach, you should talk to, or you know, to to get a coach, you should talk to several coaches, you know, and see which one you can relate to the most. And the truth is that if you can relate to somebody now during a half an hour conversation or over a month or two while you're, you know, working to pick your fitness program, then chances are you're going to be able to deal with that person long term. And so that would be like kind of the ideal way to do it. Um, one of the, you know, in the seven years of me doing this, one of the best things that I've ever heard when it comes to this is that, or Tracy Morrow's statement, and what she would always recommend is that when somebody comes to you and asks about coaching, you know, like Jeff says, um, the first thing I do nowadays is I ask them, do you already have a coach that, well, let me, let me say Tracy's statement first. She says, we don't work with people that already have coaches because if and when you become a coach, I'm sure you wouldn't like me to take your clients. And I think that that's a really unique way of saying it because it puts the customer that may or may not want to switch coaches in the perspective that you're currently in. So it's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't want you to take my you know customers away from me, and therefore I shouldn't switch from my coach to you. Um, you know, with that being said, I think that's the best, most optimal way to do it. And like I said, I've been victim to this as much as um, I've been, uh, unfortunately, over the times. So I don't necessarily worry about the exact technicalities of it. But, but what I do worry about is feelings. And I don't hurt anybody's feelings as much as I don't want my feelings to be hurt. So the way that I do this, you know, the way that I've mentally come to my moralistic standpoint on this is, when I'm working with somebody, you know, like initially, maybe the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to answer every question that I can. I, I might click on their Facebook page and see who the common friends are and try to see if they have a coach off the bat. And then ultimately I ask them, it's like, do you have a coach that you're working with that has helped helped you um, get your progress or your results? And and what that does is it asks them two questions. It's like, do you have a coach um, and, and a Beachbody account? And a lot of people don't know that or they don't know if they have an account or they got it off eBay and they don't remember if there's an old account on Team Beachbody. And the second part of that is if you do have a coach, is it somebody that you've worked with and reached out to or is it somebody that you send emails to and they've never responded? Because I think that's two different things. I think, you know, number one is somebody that doesn't have a coach and then somebody somebody that has a coach that isn't helping them. And as much as I don't want to lose my clients, if I'm not accessible and working with my clients, then I think that's a moral gray area. And so the, I've come to grips with being okay with that question. It's like if you don't have somebody that's helping you and, and 
you know, you're still a client. It's your right and and within the rules to switch to a new person. But if you've got somebody helping you, then you should go back to that person and ask them about coaching. And and again, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's a hard thing to do whenever I've helped somebody and they say, oh, yeah, you know, like Jeff has helped me all along. And I'd be like, oh, darn, I look at this guy for half an hour and he'd be a great coach. And I'd convince him to coach, and then he tells me he's just fine. Um, so I feel kind of bad about that, but I'm like, you know what? I know Jeff personally, Jeff's a great guy, and uh, really the best thing to do is to go back to Jeff and ask him about this coaching opportunity. And so I've literally done that 50, 60 times now, I think, in my coaching career. And, and when that person does go to sign up, I get this really nice email or card or even sometimes a gift or just the next time I see somebody at Summit or leadership, they're like, oh, my God, dude, like this guy came up to me. I didn't even know he was my client and uh, asked me to coach because you told him to. And so, like I say, like I don't necessarily worry about the moral gray area here and there. Like I've come to grips with what I'm okay with. But I do really take into consideration people's feelings. And, and I think that's why when we call this coaching karma, it's a really good um, an analysis or way to put it or metaphor for the way that I like to treat this. And so, you know, it's this big moral gray area. Um, but, you know, some of the times, even on our team, we've seen some of our clients and customers that have gone on to win, you know, the year-end awards, switch to other people's teams. And, you know, if I've had somebody that I've worked with for a year that's lost 50 pounds and is up to win $100,000 at the year, end of the year, like that's something that I would really take offense to. But at the same time, you know, if, if somebody had been reaching out to me for help for two years and I never responded to their email, I think that's somebody that should look around and find somebody that they connect with better. And Jason, speaking from a real story there in that last part, part of where this whole coach comment thing for us kind of came up. You know, we did have somebody win the Beachbody Challenge or one of the finalists taken away from us, which is wrong because obviously that coach that worked with them from our team helped them out. So, guys, what comes around goes around. Just make sure that you're doing the right things in your business. Make sure that, you know, Jason likes to call it Coach Karma. I love that. I always call it the red face test. You know, if you can't look yourself in the mirror after you've done something, you know that's not right. You know, if you're talking to somebody that you know you're not supposed to because you know they have a coach, whatever, some of the descriptions Jason just talked about, if you can't look yourself in the mirror and, and know that that's, you know, without, without blushing, it's not the right thing to do. Unfortunately, we are at a point in our network where um, while there's still hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this country that need our help, that are ob- obese and overweight and there's going to be great opportunities for us, it's very common now to have several Beachbody coaches within your community, you know, within your city. It's out there. It's just that's we've become, we've made that big a difference and we're going to continue to make that difference. And the lines are going to become a little bit more blurred and it's going to be harder. And, you know, Jason talked about how he may have caused it as much as he's been a victim of it. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose. Early in the, in the network, things were a lot different than they are now, and he's come full circle and just an incredible individual, you know, when it comes to that and it's taught me so much. It's going to happen to you. You're going to be faced with a situation where you know that that prospect or client or coach prospect is somebody else's. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's all about integrity, and I've said this a million times. Integrity is not like a coat. You cannot wear it when, you, when it's convenient for you and take it off when it's not. You either have it or you don't. 
So that's all we're going to talk on that. Um, anything? Well, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing on that is like the people I've seen, these clients that shop around, are are typically of the emerald or the analyst persuasion, and so it's the type of person that likes to go out and get all the pamphlets, put stuff on layaway, and you know shops around. What I've found, you know, long term is the analytical people aren't the ones that connect to other people the best. And so you spend all this time um, dating or, you know, wooing somebody like this, and then they finally join the team, you know, and, and it's going to make another coach unhappy because you won this little contest with them. And then long term, it's an analytical person that's not connecting to other people anyway, and, and turns out to not be a great coach. And so, you know, we say this as coaching karma, but I think the other way to look at the karma of this is that these people that it takes the most effort to convince and solicit are going to be the same coaches that's going to take the most effort to train and to get motivated and everything else. And a lot of times it's just it's not worth the effort of really wooing somebody that has five other, you know, people that they're, they're completely interested in. That's, that's really just kind of one of the last things I have to say about it is that, you know, back in the days when this was an issue and a problem for me, it's like the, all, everybody that I've ever had to spend all this time wooing, you know, has never panned out and has never been one of the coaches that really took off and was independent and strong. Like those are the people that are, really want to know what you can do for them and why joining your team is going to be the best thing. And it's kind of the attitude where they're looking for something for free and, and that's not the type of person that's super successful in this business. The, the best person in this business is somebody who's a go-getter that's going to find their own answers, that's going to be the source of the information, not, you know, the person that pulls the information. And, and so it, it's just come to my attention that it never works to, you know, be the person that's really actively campaigning for this. You shouldn't have to um, campaign as if you're running for president to get a new person on your team. Like, in fact, I think the attitude that wins the most um, coaches, it's like, you know what, like, I've got a great team going, we've got great team uh, tools, we've got great training, and if you want to be part of it, that's awesome. Um, but not the person that seems over-eager that they need to get a new person on a team, that's desperation. Desperation isn't attractive, you know, when it comes to getting a date, just like it's not attractive when it comes to getting a job, or not attractive when it comes to, like, you know, finding your, your mate or, or dating. Um, the the people that you want to be around are the people that come from abundance and, and don't need the next job or dollar a day. So I, I guess that's just the last thing I want to say about that because it's, it's never worked to my advantage to solicit one of these folks. I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Jason, for contributing to that. I just it's something that that had been bugging me and Lori kind of brought it to to attention for me the other day in a real life situation and then Jason and I talked and I thought it was a great topic to kind of to help you guys refocus for 2015 um guys that's the next topic here is we we're in 2015 we are in the new year you um are spending time with us tonight on a Thursday night uh, you're on this call right now or you're listening to the recording, so you're obviously engaged. And some of you guys have um, what, I, what I like to call BAG goals, B-H-A-G, Big Hairy Audacious Goals for 2015. You know, you have some things you want to accomplish. This is the time of year um, when we're all setting goals, fitness and business. We're going to be setting goals. This is the, the best time of year to do it and the most common time. 
But you have to ask yourself uh, what you've in the past. In the past, okay, where have you come from? What's going to be different this time around? And I'm going to be the first to tell you guys that uh, at the end of 2014, not that I saw my business slip, but I kind of got stagnant. I got a little lazy. And it wasn't because I chose to be lazy. I obviously had some life happenings, you know, with my mom and got really easily distracted, or I like to call it squirrel, for those of you who've seen Disney's Up. Squirrel, you know, and squirrels happen in our life. And I, I, I digress to that because I want you guys to take a look at where your businesses are right now. I want you to take a, a good, hard look at where your businesses are. Your businesses are exactly where they should be, exactly where they should be. Um, some of you may have some regrets for where they're at. Some of you may have had a bang-up year last year and are doing great. But every one of you on this call, whether you're new, veteran, or listen to the recording, your businesses are exactly where they should be. It's based on the effort you put into it. This business keeps things very, very, very honest. Um, you're the CEO of your own business. You can't blame another coach for where you're at because you're the CEO of your own business. Another coach can only help you. You are ultimately responsible for, for building your business. You're ultimately responsible for seeing it decline as well. Jason um, and I talked earlier again, and he had four or five really good I'm going to call them, um, you know, uh, bullet points here to help you plan your 2015, some things to focus on, just some real easy things and things you probably have heard before, but they're going to, these four or five things are going to kind of help you guys set your own goals for the year. You know, I divulged some of my goals for 2015, and I know Jason, you know, and I talked, and I could hear the, you know, the excitement in his voice for the first time in a long time about his 2015 and some things he wants to do. And we're doing some things differently. He and I are re-kicking off our calls together, which we got lazy with each other. We both know that. We're going to re-kick off our calls to keep each other accountable, as well as enlisting uh, um, a coach from each of our lives that's going to, the four of us are going to keep each other honest on a weekly basis. But we've got some goals. We've got some momentum that we want to get going for 2015. That's the only way that he and I and our two coaches are going to hit some goals for, for this new year. So, Jason, why don't you take us through those four things, five things, I think there were four or five things that you, you mentioned to me earlier, which I think is really going to greatly help people on our call kind of set up some of their own goals for this year. So they, um, when I ask them this time next year, when you ask your coaches this time next year, when they say my business is exactly where it should be, as Jeff put it, where that should be is different than, in, than, than it is at this time right now. So, Jason. Well, um, thanks for the introduction. It's awesome. And um, I don't <laughs> – I need a reminder because um, we talked about so much earlier, and, and I'm not sure what you're talking about. Are you talking like the priorities that we spoke about at yeah. leadership? The, the team volume, you know, and, and the rank and, and oh, things okay, that you sure. earlier. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not um, – a new concept by any means. If you've been attending these calls for a long time, that's something I've said over and over um, again. Um, but in doing that, I think there's priorities. And, and the only reason this comes into play is, you know, sometimes when you sign up as a new coach in Beachbody or you see all the different promotions, 15-star and... Um, 
know, top coach and, and superstar coach and um, cab and um, team cup challenge and, you know, getting your name on this trophy and then success club five, success club ten. Um, there's a new T-shirt. You got Super Saturdays. You got Summit. You got the trips. Like we get to this point where I think where it's 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 definitely a state, but it's maybe a state of uh, confusion because <clears throat> we get confused about what our priorities should be. And so the reason this has kind of come into play uh, for me is that um, when I have a new coach come and they and they look at all these different things. I think it's really important for us to give them some pr- priorities for what you want to achieve in your business. And so um, what are those priorities? So kind of one of the first things I would say that you want as a priority, and, and this, and, and really these priorities, um, I just want to mention, are the same for the new coach, you know, as they are for the top coach. Um, so the newest person that's on this call Really, I think these are exactly the same priorities that you want if um, if if you're me or Jeff. You know, these are the same priorities that we live by. And if it was or wasn't, um, I would modify these priorities. And so I just kind of want to say that out loud. But number one, the reason that we all get into this is, you know, for, for fitness. And, and I love to say we get in here for fitness because it could be either financial or it could be physical. But there's some part of your life in one of those two areas, you know, and I might even include philanthropy in there. You you might get in this because you're already super fit. You've already got all the money in the world, but you want to help other people, and, and that's a big part of your life. But the number one reason you want to do this, and your priority should be, is help yourself and others, you know, get fit, healthy, and, and productive when it comes to income. So that's got to be your number one priority. So when it comes time to, you know, you get a new client on the phone who's working with somebody else who's a superstar and it's really helped them get fit, you know, the number one thing is to help yourself and others. And in this case, you might be helping that other coach that you respect and you want them to do good. And and, and that's one way that you can apply priority number one. Priority number two needs to be success club five or ten, depending on what your goals are. And I just had a, you know, like a new coach who gave him a little shout-out earlier, Steve Downer. He's like, man, I got that success club five. And I'm like, well, you know, me and Jeff did – the first success club five over four years ago and now and once you get it the first month you conquer the fear of it or you know the unknown that comes with success club and and now four years and nine months later i'm 58 months in a row and when people ask you know, what what's the success in this business it comes down to two things uh, duration and consistency and there's no other better way to prove that statement true than to show somebody your leadership report card that shows 58 months in a row in success club. And, you know, when that first came out, I kind of blew it off and I thought that was hard. It wasn't, this business wasn't only about selling Shakeology, it was helping people. But like I say, 58 months later, I can see that success club five, although maybe shouldn't be designed as a goal, it's the minimum that you need to do in your business. And it shows up in terms of consistency, and, and five years down the road, you're at a half a million dollar a year income. So the reason I want Success Club 5 for you is it's just this guideline, this, this goal that gets you in the habit of doing exactly what you should be doing month after month to get one of these great careers and incomes and positions and, and seniority and team like Jeff or I have. So 
There's no easier, better way to say what you do in this business than successful five or ten. Anyway, Steve got his first successful five, and I'm like, once you get the first one, you're going to get over and over and over again because you conquered the fear. And he's like, well, yeah, that's true, and I'm going for success club ten every month. And so the difference, I think, is success club five means you're building a great business, and success club ten means you're shooting for a lead or you're shooting for um, – Elite 10, you know, because there's nobody in Elite 10 this year and last year and the last year before that wasn't Success Club 10 every month. And there's a couple people I know in the last three years that got Success Club 10 every month that weren't Elite 10, but they're always really close and in the contending for it. So if those are your goals, Elite and Elite 10 and Top Coach, Success Club 10 should be your minimum. Okay, so that's clarity one and two. Go ahead. Jason, let me just intervene here because... He said something that, that I think is, is it just sticks with me here. And while two, Success Club 5 or 10 should not be your, you know, the goal every single month, it's the minimum you should do. Just just stew on that for a second. The minimum you should do is, is, is Success Club 5. Your business is still going to grow even in bad months. Things, you know, life happens. And Success Club is just something that, what Jason say, 59 months. That means I have 58. I'm always well, he, he started one month prior to me, but both of us have great budding businesses, and that's a big reason for it. Success Club is no longer scary to me. It's no longer intimidating to me. It's other months where, there, where, where it's more challenging, sometimes in those summer months. Yeah, it can be, but Jason will attest, both of us know. We just know that it's something that we're going to hit. Um, so we don't we don't fear that it's not going to happen. We know it's going to happen. Some way, shape, form, or fashion, we are going to have five or more points. And that's just the mentality that you grow from it, as, as Steve Donner uh, example gave. Is that once you make it that first time, it's it's not it's not something I fear anymore. Something I know is going to happen. So um, the minimal you should do, and don't fear it, and just make make it a priority. Okay, Jason. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, and and to use Steve as an example. You know, Steve is a, is a nearly 50-year-old gentleman who was probably 60, 70 pounds overweight, you know, from his own perspective. This, this is what he says in his goals. And he, all that he's really done this, to this point is done around the P90, you know, the newer version of Power 90, um, and lost like 30, 40 pounds in that progress. The first couple of weeks were amazing at almost 10 pounds a week. And his, the people on his Facebook page, which are unique, from the people on mine or Jeff's Facebook pages followed him. And then this is the first month where he said, you know what, like I've had good results with this and I want to see if anybody else wants to do it with me. And he just started a 21-day fix challenge group and, you know, within doing that, found, what, two and a half customers that committed to the challenge pack and that's the five points. And now he knows how easy that is to do over and over again and he's confident that he can do it. But this was a person that had done Power 90 once before um, would never commit to the coaching, and this literally was six years ago, and it's always been a guy that's been on my mind, and when he finally came back to it and realized that, you know, the best fitness that he ever had was from Power 90 and recommitted to it, and this time became a coach, and and I kind of convinced him to become a coach because I'm like, well, last time you, you petered out, and I think that's because you didn't have other people to be responsible for. So I just I want people to know that Success Club 5 is so easy when, you know, you do the work, and, and that's what the... The three vital behaviors are about, you know, number one is be a product of the product, and it's literally paying off um, for Steve in this case. So that's priority one and two. Number three is 
earning an income. And a lot of people feel weird about that. It's like, well, I don't want to make a lot of money from this. This is just about me getting better, about me helping other people, but I don't want to make that a priority. And the number of top coaches that I've heard say that, um, you know, over the last seven years is huge. You know, Barbie Decker in particular, it's like when she started um, with her coach, Kevin Kane, who kind of like is no longer around, a good buddy, but I hardly ever see him. Um, she's like, fine, I'm going to do this, but just don't ever ask me about money because that's not my intention here. I'm a tenured professor. I don't need to make money of this. I just want to do it and help other people. You know, and, and now <laughs> I just saw Tracy Morrow post that this is her sixth year being a lead. You know, she was in the Millionaire's Club right before me and, you know, by all means is doing really, really well and successful at this, but it was never her priority. With that being said, I think you need to make that a priority and not that everybody needs to have this goal of making $100,000 a week and, you know, being completely financial independent. You need to make money at this business to reassure yourself that it's worth doing, you know, and just just the satisfaction of helping a few people every month lose the extra weight is great. Um, it's still one of, you know, me and Jeff's big whys. But at some point, when life gets busy, your family gets busier, or, or you're having one of these family um, traumas like Jeff went through these last couple of months, it's like the money needs to be there to sustain the activity that you're going to do and, and overcome a lot of these different things that we come from. So earning an income doesn't have to feel guilty or bad or dirty. It's It's the main reason we want you to earn income is because we want our best coaches to stay in this and help other people. And and money is really just a tool that allows you to do that forever. The number of coaches I've seen that have done great better than me a month or two or six months, you know, in a row is huge. Like it's probably more than the number of coaches that are currently active, but the ones that have stayed around because the income became such that they could afford to, um, you know, is a relatively few number. So number three is earning an income, and like it or not, and this is the point in my speeches where I always go into and I show what it takes to earn an income, and like it or not, the long-term residual income in this business comes from bonuses, the team cycle bonus, the um, matching bonus. And so if you want to earn this large income over time, you need to make those bonuses, and both of those bonuses comes from doing volume. So priority number three is earning income, and that comes from volume. And with that being said, I used to wake up, you know, basically every day because I knew the volume would get me to, to the point of retirement. And so I wake up every day, and the, the constant primary question I was asking myself is, how do I build more volume on the team? And and I knew I had to do that in a week leg, and, and I would just come up with all these different ways. And I always say I use the shotgun approach. Every every time I heard a new idea, it's like firing a shotgun shell, and some of it goes all over the place. But the direction that hits some birds or some targets would be the direction I would repoint my gun and, gun and focus in on. And if you use a shotgun approach and just try every technique and trick you hear, some of those techniques are going to work better for you than they do for me. And that's where you want to give more priority towards. And, you know, just to give you guys, just to give our team an idea of, you know, some of the things that we do for that is that, you know, that's what coaching codes is about. Coaching codes is about getting your name out there and helping empower my team and others really, to be able to sell these products better and quicker, which adds more volume under me. If you think about it, anytime anybody creates a team name, that's to create a team unity and um, social network and camaraderie and feelings so that they feel better and supported about working their business, which adds more volume. If you think about the recognition charts that we do every week for the Fit Union, that's about people 
being recognized for their efforts so other people would try harder to get on the board so that they sign up more coaches and more build more volume. <laughs> so, you know, almost everything that we do indirectly, you know, as well as we want to support our own team and our coaches and clients, is it's it's about building the volume so that you can get a sustainable income so you can avoid the lifestyle you want. And then and only then is when I recommend priority fund priority number four, which is earn and maintain a rank. And this is the everybody I think a lot of times will switch these priorities around. They'll be going for this rank first and, and rank really is just a qualification that allows you to realize the income that you've earned from the volume. And and when you phrase it that way, when you put it in that sense, to realize the income that you've earned from volume, you see you see the true priority of rank. Now, I'm not gonna say that people shouldn't go out and shoot for emerald, they shouldn't go out and shoot for diamond, they shouldn't go out and shoot for two star because those are really the three best ranks in this business. You know, Emerald allows you to get free clients from the company. Diamond qualifies you to earn free coaches and, and a higher cycle bonus, which is one of our priorities from number three. And then um, Two Star Diamond allows you to put a second CBC in your business. And you should always do that in your weakest part of your business. And by doing that, you get an 18% raise. I don't want to go into details about that right now. But those are the three ranks that you want to do and achieve. And I would never say somebody slow down and don't achieve those ranks because the volume is not there. But within each of those ranks, your goal is to build volume. And, you know, I've talked to a number of coaches that are 15-star and 10-star, and they're really only earning 500 or or $1,000 a week. And $1,000 a week from cycle bonus is a maintainable and earnable as a Ruby coach. So why do you have 15 diamonds on your team when you only have the ability to earn at the Ruby level? And, and, and that's why I always put that rank thing first. So if you're out there chasing rank and, you know, adding people under other people just to get a rank up, it, it's probably not the best thing to do. And then number five priority, um, you know, goes into the competitions and, and, you know, some of these trips. And, you know, if I had to say number five, number five for me is, you know, doing that success club trip every year because it's just something I enjoy. And I realize that that's driven from recognition and my social needs and, you know, needs to feel important about myself and, and go out and mingle with some of the other people. That's one of the things that burned me. And then six, I would put down to, you know, some of these extra contests and, and things like the Team Beach Buddy Cup or, you know, qualifying at a certain success club point to get the next thing next month. And, you know, if any one of those prizes is ever important to you, by all means, go for it. But just, I would just caution people to go for the prize without, you know, prioritizing it within their own value system and going for a prize that they they don't even want. And I, I think that happens more often than not. So that's kind of the different priorities I've given there. And with that being said, one of the reasons this this conversation came up today is I hold myself to these same standards and to be honest and true with, you know, our team, it's like I've done number one, I've, I've done number two for 58 months in a row, I've, I've done number three and I have three business centers, you know, with that I can control that can max out the comp plan. So each of those really has the ability of making $12,000 per week if my rank was high enough. But number four for me, my rank isn't high enough to obtain all that income. And so I really, for myself, is I need to re, you know, get back into phase one, which is recruiting for me, and maybe take some time off or take more time away from building some team tools. And, you know, a lot of the efforts that Jeff and I put in kind of behind the scenes to build up the team tools because the volume that 
I've needed is there, you know. And I really just need to focus back on phase one. And, and honestly, if you stick on phase one and do your individual recruiting, if you do the steps necessary to get Success Club 5 and Elite, and Elite is, you know, you have to have your people doing Success Club 5, you have to have your people doing volume, and you have to um, build volume overall on your team and, and, and get, you know, minimalistic ranks when it comes to, you know, two-star, then five-star, and two new diamonds every year. Um, if you do those things, you will build, you know, all four or five of these priorities in general. But I just kind of want to put that out there is that, you know, if I adhere to my own advice, I need to spend more time focusing on priority number four now and uh, less time on one, two, and three. So I hope that kind of covers it, Jeff. I know we're running late now, but uh, what's going on? No, that's exactly what I wanted to touch on, guys. These 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 things that Jason mentioned, <clears throat> I think are are so you know they're so important yet overlooked. And I think coaches set goals based on what they see other coaches in the network doing in lifestyles you lead. But you guys really have to basically be able to walk before you can run. And so his progression of of, of things to to focus on really is going to help you guys build more effectively because I still feel and still think that we are blessed with one of the best, um, you know, upline coaches in Jason and being able to help you level set and, and, and earn your potential based on where you're at. And it's just so important to understand that, guys. It's just so, so important. And I think it's going to help you guys set some realistic goals for 2015. So with that being said, we're going to close out the call by me issuing you guys a challenge. And that is writing down on paper what you want to accomplish for 2015 and then attaching um, Jason's, you know, four and five points there to to that. You know, where does that come into play? How much how much income do you want to be earning um, at three points during the year? You know, where do you want to be in in six months from now? Okay, you know, where do you want to be by the end of the year, and where do you want to be two and three years down the road? You should always have goals that are set based on that. Uh, Jeremy Red taught me that way back. You should have three sets of goals. You know, short term. Um, uh, longer term and then long term, you know, and it's it's very easy. If you want to put it in Beachbody reference, where do you want to be at by summit, which is a great time, you know, six months from now, seven months from now? Where do you want to be by the end of 2015? And where do you want your business to be two, two and three years down the road? If you set goals based on those parameters, um, it's going to help you pushing for something. Uh, and make sure you're adjusting your goals. But set some goals, and I want you guys to let your coach know what those are. Let your upline um, coach, if you don't have a relationship with your coach, know. Or, you know, let your success partner know what those goals are. Find someone to keep you accountable. Just like uh, Jason and I and um, our two coaches are going to be keeping each other accountable this year, you need to find somebody to keep you accountable as well. And it's just so important. So set some goals for yourself. Get them to either your success partner or your coach. And more importantly, um, start to work for this new year. Without goals, without having some goals to shoot for, you're just kind of, uh, like Jason said, you're just kind of shooting in the dark out there. That's all you're doing. So with that being said, Jason, any final words before we close? I think Jason's on mute. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, sorry. What are the... uh... I need to write down my notes as I go through as I forget. Um, yeah, I guess you, you know, just again, the one thing I've seen is you know people want that recognition of elite, and so you know they kill themselves and 
put people into people and place orders to get these ranks of five star. And then, you know, five star has the capacity to earn $7,000 a week and they're still making, you know, $500 a week. So just be cognizant of what you're going for and, and why you need it. And for me, the added stress that goes away from having to micromanage all these extra diamonds to achieve a rank, to get a bonus or to get a, to get one of these um, qualifications like a lead or something, you know, makes it all worthwhile. And so when Jeff talks about setting goals, you know, by all means, we want to set goals according to um, our business or our career. But the very minimalistic life experience includes at least four categories, you know, career, family, spiritual, and, and physical. And, you know, the, the best masters and gurus divide that out into 10 or 20 different categories. So as you take time this year to think about your career goals, by all means, that's what this call is about. You know, take time to at least put goals in each of those other four categories of your life. And and if your answer is to spend less time on beach body and more time on family, well, then kudos, go ahead and do that. Um, but don't get into this point where you're spending all your time on beach body and even when success happens, you're still a miserable person because you don't have balance or harmony in your life. And truly, I think that's where happiness and contentness comes from is, is that harmony in your life. And depression is the opposite of that, when your expectations don't meet your reality. And so there's some people that will, you know, be a 10 in business, but a 1 in relationships and a 2 in health and, and, a, and a 4 in spirituality. And, and that doesn't lead to contentment. That leads to a depression because when their expectations are to have a harmony in your life, that discontinuity between career and family or relationships or spiritual or physical just lends itself to not being happy. So by all means, when we set our goals this year for a career, go ahead and take everything else into consideration. And if the answer that comes away from you is less time with beach body, by all means, I support that for you to get the balance and harmony in your life that you seek. Absolutely. Okay, gang, we uh, just wanted to tease one more time, and I mentioned this. We have a, a pretty cool guest speaker coming up. Um, the date's changed a little bit, so update your calendars. It's not going to be the 22nd. It's going to be the 29th. But uh, have got confirmation and spoken personally with Mr. Tony Horton, and he will be joining us for a call later this month on um, some of the things we talked about tonight, goal setting and, and, and um, you know, how to take 2015 and make it big. And obviously Tony's going to give his own take on that, but you're not going to want to miss that call. And in order to be prioritized for that call, you need to be making sure you're on these calls and listening to the recordings. We can see these numbers and who's calling in. Uh, but we got Tony Horton coming up. Pretty exciting stuff, Jason. And we will talk to everybody um, next week. Jason will be running the call next week. I'm going to be away, but Jason's got a pretty cool topic that he's still ironing out. And we will talk to you guys next week. Jason, have a good night, buddy. Cheers, everybody.